Welcome to Education Insight and a special report. I'm Lacey Kendall. What started as a great plan for helping potential students find a new, simpler path to gaining financial aid for a college or university education has evolved into a federal mess that has plagued the process nationally and delayed the application process for FAFSA, CADA, and Pell Grant applicants here locally. Students, administrators, and financial aid workers have struggled to find solutions in the past several weeks. So what happened? And what's being done to solve these issues? Today, we'll attempt to explain all of that and tell you what you need to know. We're joined by Marlene Garcia. She's the executive director of the California Student Aid Commission, who is helping California students negotiate those issues and secure their student aid in time for school. Marlene, thanks for joining us amidst what I am certain has been a very busy week for you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Could you describe your work with the California Student Aid Commission? Sure. My job as the leader of the California Student Aid Commission is to ensure the smooth delivery of financial aid to students who are preparing to go to college and to be able to pay for the college expenses without any concerns. Fundamentally, that means we want the programs to work and the technology to work, which, of course, is one of the problems that we're facing right now with a federal FAFSA. But really, fundamentally, the core of my job is to really design everything we do to focus on students and what their needs are, and then to really you know, design from that perspective, whether it's policy, whether it's a program, where it's a communications initiative, we're always putting the students' needs first, and that's a fundamental uh, mm-hmm. for what we do. And as a result, we've really identified three major areas in addition to our fundamental role of delivering financial aid, and that is reforming the Cal Grant system to make it simpler, and remove equity barriers. Two is to really uplift basic needs of college students. We just completed a survey that showed that 66% of all California college students on financial aid experience food insecurity, and uh, more than 53% experience housing insecurity. So we really feel a responsibility to uplift that challenge. And then the third area is communications. How are we communicating and reaching students where they are And we're doing a lot of deep research to understand how we can do that better. Yeah. You know, I think it begs sharing with our listeners that you yourself, Marlene, were a kid who found assistance for college through the Cal Grant. And now you're overseeing a state of California financial aid budget of over $3 billion. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. I never imagined (laughs) that I would someday be uh, running the state agency. But I think back to when I was a high school senior, it was spring, and I knew that I was supposed to be thinking about college, but no one ever said anything to me about it. And so I went to the college counselor and said, hey, I I really want to go to college, but I I need money. I can't do this. My parents can't afford to pay for it. And are there any scholarships? I didn't even know about financial aid. And he said, and I think in a snarky way, actually, because he thought, oh, she's not going to college. And he said, well, there's one scholarship to become an astronaut. And I looked at him like, I'm not sure that's me. I was very discouraged, walked away. But fortunately, and he never mentioned financial aid, but fortunately I ran into a community college recruiter and helped me apply for community college and apply for financial aid. 
and I became eligible for a Cal Grant, a Pell Grant, a work study, an EOPS, and it just completely changed my life. And I was able to eventually graduate, transfer to UCLA, and then graduate and go on to graduate school. So it was the Cal Grant and Pell Grant that gave me my start. And of course, that recruiter who I ran into in the student quad. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so here we are today talking about all of these financial aid issues that are going on from coast to coast. Uh, What was hoped to be a simpler process has gone terribly awry. Could you explain for us what happened? It is challenging. This is our financial aid pandemic. We've never experienced anything like this. But in fairness to the U.S. Department of Ed, they were given this this directive through statute that was adopted in 2020 and uh, with some runway to develop it. But the system, the technology behind financial aid was really antiquated. So the U.S. Department of Ed had to redesign the entire system while still running financial aid. And that is not an easy feat because I know what it's like to run a financial aid technology system while at the same time you're administering a program. And they weren't given additional funds to do that. So that was a challenge from the beginning. And I think that's what's probably led to some of the delays and um, uh, because they were asked to take on this monumental task with very little additional support. And so now they released the FAFSA application. It went live um, December 31st, and based essentially beginning of January, students started applying. And there were significant glitches. We probably didn't have enough of a, a soft uh, launch. And, uh, but they have been aggressively and actively trying to address all of those glitches and um, communicating with the constituents around the country. You can imagine, you know, not just universities and college counselors, but, you know, nervous students and nervous parents wondering what their child's going to do next fall for college. So yeah. it just really has been a challenging situation. We in California, we are trying to mitigate the challenges and help amplify the guidance that the U.S. Department of Ed is providing or our federal student aid is providing. And we're doing that through a whole variety of ways. One is through our Cash for College um, workshops, others through our social media. We're really, we're, we're uh, launching TikTok videos with many of our team members answering different parts of the application process that are most complicated for students and families. And we're hearing that firsthand on the ground when we go to these workshops. So we know what the persistent questions are and where there's a lot of confusion. So we're trying to work in alignment with our national partners, our local partners, and the U.S. Department of Ed. As students across the country, after the slow rollout of the new program, as they were enrolling and they were completing the forms to get financial aid. What were they seeing? Certainly in the first couple of weeks, we had major problems with even being able to access the application. So the system was down and opened up for just periods of time until I guess it was the first after the first week, then it was up 24-7. So the initial uh, response was terribly concerning because a lot of students couldn't even get into the system. But that has been addressed. But since then, And we've been with students and families and um, been hearing from practitioners on the ground that the kinds of problems they're encountering are, they run the gamut, actually. One is uh, forgetting their password and not having an easy way to reestablish the password and having to wait, you know, a half hour before they can try uh, accessing the application again. But they have to know that. They have Mm -hmm. to have instruction and someone who's advising them. 
So if they're at a workshop with a college counselor or, or cash for college workshop or any of the other workshops being conducted up and down the state, they'll get that assistance. So our fear is what's happening to those students who are trying to complete the application at home. We've also heard of a lot of instances where students are doing the right thing, but they get these glitchy error messages. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of a glitch in the system. We don't really have an answer except, you know, hold on, let's try again. Let's come back in a half an hour. And then there's some where there's just a lot of random things that happen. Like there was an example actually in the LA Times where a student who was a twin, one was able to get through and the other one couldn't, and they had the exact same information. So that's what's so challenging uh-huh. because some of these glitches and problems are sort of random. For those students, I believe those glitches are going to be addressed. And I think that you know, here in California, we extended the deadline for them to apply for financial aid to April 2nd. And it's all hands on deck. We're trying to work with them to help them through so that there are fewer and fewer glitches and more and more students are going to get to the finish line and complete their FAFSA. And I have confidence that we're going to be able to do that, at least for the majority of students. I fear that there may be some students who may find that it's just too challenging that they decide to wait a year. But we have until September 2nd for students going to community colleges to apply for the FAFSA. So that's the good news. That's why I'm hopeful that we're going to get these things addressed. The one group, though, that I need to highlight, because there is no solution yet, and that is the U.S. citizen students who come from mixed status families, meaning their parents aren't documented, but they are fully eligible for a federal Pell Grant. So they would normally complete the FAFSA, but now the new FAFSA has created an additional step that their parents or guardians will have to create their own account and they will have to go through an identity verification process, which is with TransUnion. And if for whatever reason, they answer one of the TransUnion questions incorrectly, then they get put through another process that's either through email verification or paper verification, or they can call a 1-800 number at, at FSA. Unfortunately, the call center at FSA is terribly backlogged. And I talked to a parent myself at one of the workshops recently who said, I was on the phone every day this week and I couldn't get through or I'd get hung up on. And my daughter has worked so hard to go to college. So there's parents out there who are trying so hard, but they're in that mixed status category. And the problem that is more serious is that the system isn't accepting those applications. An application that has a parent without an SSM, there's a technical glitch that doesn't allow that application to be processed. So currently, there is no solution for those students. And that is where we in California are spending a lot of time trying to determine what we can do and work in collaboration with FSA and the U.S. Department of Ed to find a solution because none of us want to risk the possibility that some of these students will not be able to reach our April 2nd deadline. And we can change the April 2nd deadline, but all that does is create more problems downstream. Like if they're applying in April, they're not going to be finding out until May what their college options are and their financial aid packages. And they're not going to be making decisions till June. And, you know, for many of them, they'll already be out of high school. So pushing the schedule for the financial aid application deadline may not be the solution. Certainly, we are supporting extending the deadline for them to make their final choice on where they want to go so that they do have Apple time. 
So we are working and exploring the possibility of a California workaround that potentially would use the California Dream Act application, which, by the way, has been implemented without a hitch. And it was modified just like the FAFSA, so it aligns with the FAFSA, but we enhanced it to make it even easier and more efficient for students to complete the um, local affidavit process, which is a verification that they meet the AB 540 requirements. And we incorporated that into the state application. So it eliminated one whole step in the process, which was really a problem for many students. So the California Dream Act application is being implemented, and we have more than 7,000 applications in California to date of students who completed the CADA. And um, I don't know what the number is of FAFSA because we have not received any information from the feds yet on how, you know, which students have applied. So that's part of the ICER delay. That was delay in the financial aid eligibility information that once a student applies, the federal student aid office takes that information and sends it back to the states and back to the institutions where the students said they're applying and says, this is what the student's eligible for. And that was a big part of the confusion because, or concern, I should say, because initially we were supposed to get that information the end of January to start the packaging process. Now we're not going to get it until the beginning or mid-March. So that slows the whole packaging process down. And some students, you know, normally expect to get their offers of admission in March. Uh Well, if they get their offers of admission in March, they may not know what their financial aid package is. And if, you know, most families, that's a a huge consideration when they decide which college to enroll in. That's the conundrum that we're in right now. Uh Marlene, uh, let me say this first. If you just joined us, you're listening to education, and we are talking about California student aid. In fact, we're talking about federal student aid and all of the problems that folks behind financial aid are struggling with right now. Marlene, what is the Department of Education doing to remedy problems for you at uh, the California Student Aid Commission and in other states? Well, the Department of Education is working diligently to remedy these issues for students, and they are as committed as you can expect, but the problems are just so significant at a time when students around the country are trying to apply. But just yesterday, the U.S. Department of Ed announced that they would be making it much easier for students and efficient for schools to process student records because they're reducing verification requirements and they're trying to provide additional flexibility on recertification all things that will make it easier, more streamlined for students to um, complete. They also announced last week that they would be allocating $50 million to deploy federal personnel to provide technical assistance and support to colleges and campuses, especially some of the lower resource colleges and campuses to help students complete their FAFSAs. And then also they're delivering test student financial aid records to schools that will help them process packaging more efficiently. So they're doing everything in their power to expedite the solutions that they're currently working on. There has also been some changes to the California DREAM Act application. I was wondering if you could tell us about that. So, yes. So when the federal government was redesigning the FAFSA, our California DREAM Act largely mirrors the FAFSA. So when they moved to streamline and reduce the number of questions, we have been working in close collaboration with them to do the same thing. And there are only about 10, no, probably a dozen states that have a special state financial aid program designed for undocumented students. And uh, we were able to to work with them and make all the back-end changes to our application as well as enhance our applications and um, 
that was streamlining and making it easier for students to complete. And that's the affidavit um, issue that I mentioned earlier, that we removed that from the local process instead incorporated that into the statewide application, which is one less step that a student needs to make. So overall, we're really pleased with how that's going. We haven't had any glitches and uh, it's pretty amazing. I have to say my team did an amazing job and yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're really pleased. And of course, we didn't do a complete overhaul either, but we aren't having any problems with the California Dream Act application. Yeah. Marlene, what do students who've experienced difficulties need to know right now? Marlene, before you answer that, we need to take a quick break. We're looking at what's being done about the federal student financial aid application debacle. More with the executive director of the California Student Aid Commission in just a moment. This is Education Insight, a special report. Welcome back to Education Insight, a special report. Today, we're focusing exclusively on the notable problems with the rollout of what was supposed to be a new, simpler plan for aspiring students to find financial aid for college and the series of technical problems that have since caused enrollments to be delayed. Our guest is Marlene Garcia. She's the executive director of the California Student Aid Commission. Marlene, before the break, I asked what students who have experienced these difficulties recently need to know right now. That is a great question. And what I would say to students and families, we are doing everything to support you through this difficult time. Even though there are some challenges in completing the FAFSA, rest assured that this will not impede your ability to access the financial aid you deserve to go to college. So that's one. Two, there are armies of people on the ground who are there to help. And I would urge all students and families to reach out to your schools or re- and find out where the local workshops are being conducted. They're everywhere and how you can get plugged in so that you can get some direct help on the ground near in your community. So there are people who are really, really there to help. And then lastly, there are probably everyone I've talked to, we want to assure students and families that these technical glitches will not interfere with financial aid. We are going to ensure that all students are made whole, even if it took them a long time to complete, even if they're um, having trouble submitting, we are going to make sure that their applications are considered and that they are provided the financial aid that they need to attend college. We're talking about application deadlines. When does that occur? So students are required to complete their FAFSA or their California Dream Act before April 2nd, if they are going to a four-year college or university. If they are a community college student transferring to a four-year college and university, they are subject to that same deadline. Last year, the deadline was March 2nd, and through statute, we were able to delay that um, deadline by one month in anticipation of the new FAFSA and that the rollout would be a little more challenging. So 
it's really important that students know that they need to get their applications in and, and get in the queue. Following that, we have the September 2nd deadline for students attending community colleges. If they're not going to a four-year, they have until September 2nd. And we're hopeful that many of these issues will be addressed. But we always tell community college students, apply sooner rather than later so that you can mm -hmm. take care of that and check the box. After that happens, then students are then waiting to see what their financial aid packages are. And I know we're working closely with our university and college partners, and they're looking at extending their commitment deadlines. Because normally the way the season works is in March, students start getting their offers of admission, and they have until May 1st to make their decision after they've done a comparative analysis in whatever form it takes in their family of which institution they want to attend. And it's usually based on what their financial aid package looks like for that institution. Normally, commitment date nationally is May 1st. So most colleges and universities are extending that. University of California and Cal State University have officially extended it two weeks to mid-May. And I think there's talk about whether or not there might be a need to extend it even further. But at this point, it's been extended two weeks. Okay, so rollout problems aside, for those that want to go to college or to go back to college, what is the state of California doing to make it affordable? And who might be eligible for grant money offered? This is a great question, and this is one of the challenges of being such a big state and having a complicated financial aid system. We're always struggling to convey the core information that every person wants to know. How much can I get to pay for college, and how much am I going to have to pay out of pocket? So in California, everyone should know we are the largest and most generous financial aid state in the country. We offer $3.5 billion in aid to students for a variety of programs. The, our major signature program is the Cal Grant Award, where, for example, it typically covers tuition. So if you're going to UC, it's you know, almost $14,000. If you're going to the CSU, it's almost $6,000. Or if you're a student with dependents, you get an, you get an extra $6,000. Or you, if you're a foster youth, you get an extra $6,000. So we are really generous in California in addition, and this is really targeted for students who are, you know, lower income students, and depending on, you know, where you're going and the cost of attendance, you know, that range is generally in maybe the 50, 60, 70,000 a year. The, the, the upper limit is maybe 50, 60,000 a year, 70,000 a year. But California does more. It offers the middle class scholarship. And this is funding grant aid that doesn't have to be repaid for families whose income reaches just over 200000 So we are aware of the needs and the struggle for basic needs for middle-class families. And so California provides that kind of support as well. So we really are generous in providing financial aid, grant aid to the lowest income um, individuals in the state to up to 200000 We also offer a Golden State Teacher Grant if a student is considering entering a teacher credential program, that gives them twenty up to $20,000 to pursue their teacher credential. And we have two employment programs, a learning and line employment and a Dreamer incentive grant that pay students to work in service areas and to get compensated for that work that aligns with their majors. So how can our listeners here at Education Insight, if they're listening to this program right now and they're saying, well, now I'm thinking about getting some 
financial aid and see enough. I could go back to college or go to college for the first time. How can they learn more about Cash for College and applications? Well, first, I would direct them to our website, www.csac.ca.gov, for more information about our Cash for College workshops and the FAFSA application, as well as the California Dream Act application. And then students can also visit studentaid.gov website for additional information from the federal government about FAFSA information. We work with partners across the state, such as legislators. So you can contact your local legislator, call your local school campus, and find out where there's a cash for college workshop near you. They're everywhere. And uh, we also do our best to stay active on social media. So we're pushing out information and guidance for students because we know how confusing things are right now. So I would tune in to the, you know, follow the Student Aid Commission on TikTok. We've gone viral, apparently, and uh, I was looking at some of our TikTok uh, videos, and they're amazing for their simplicity. It's like you're sitting in your kitchen with your best friend's older sister saying, okay, question number 19 is super complicated. Let me break it down for you. This is what you need to know. And it's going viral, and we're getting tons of questions and messages about, oh, and then what about if I do this? So we're responding to social media, and we're responding to our call center when students have questions. So There are plenty of adults here to help and support and to demystify this process. But here's what I want to say to students and families. It is going to get better. This is a transitional issue. And we are going to ensure that students from those mixed status families have a clear pathway to also access financial aid. We are not going to let anyone lose this opportunity. And that's our commitment. And I know that All of our partners across the segments, the universities and colleges and K-12 all feel the same way. Marlene Garcia, the executive director for the California Student Aid Commission, helping us all to better understand the problem-plagued rollout of a simpler financial aid application process and how to negotiate it. Marlene, thank you so much for taking our call in the midst of what I know has been a rather hectic week for you. Thank you for having me, Lacey. Education Insight will be following this story as the rollout continues. In the meantime, that's a wrap for this special edition of Education Insight. Join us for the debut of our new season and weekly shows with more stories and more conversation about education in inland Southern California. I'm Lacey Kendall. Thanks for joining us. Education Insight is produced in partnership with KVCR San Bernardino. Our executive producer is Jacob Poor, and our production engineer is Tyler Vizi. Alyssa Silva is our production assistant and Lacey Kendall is your host. Support is provided by Growing Inland Achievement, working together for inland education and economic success. And by Colleague Futures Foundation. Do you have questions or suggestions for the future topics we should be covering? Write to us at educationinsight.org. Join us again next time for Education Insight. Ha, ha, ha.